HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Souther Teague. And I'm spirited award winner Greg Benson. <laughs> uh, yeah, finally, I guess we can say that, right? We're not yes, just we uh, top four nominees at the Spirited Awards again and again and again and again. How many times was it? Seven? I think seven, seven. times, right? It was, it, was, it was 12 for me, so... <laughs> wow, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that because you got nominated for uh, your other show. Yeah, for the uh, shows, actually, there was shows, I, I yeah. worked on another project called The Right to Drink back in 2020 that was also uh, long listed for the Spirit Awards. So, yeah, That's it's, right. um, it was it was it was fun to actually be there to take home some hardware this time. Nice. Good for you. I, I was brand ambassador nominated uh, top four brand ambassador. I think it was four years in a row. But it was back in the day, you didn't talk about that. Nobody talked about being in the top four or the top 10. I'm like, I miss my own humble brag, but I've never <laughs> been nominated. <laughs> I've never been, I, I never made it. I was never part, I never made it over the, the hump. So you'll get, you'll well, get there. See, we, we're, to, we're right. testament to the fact, yeah, yeah, you're there and we're living proof that dreams do come true. So hey, one day. Hey, <laughs> well, you guys well deserve it. You've been putting it in, you know, putting in the hard work for quite some time. So well, well done. And yeah. Now we can't even be nominated for five years. So someone slid into my DMs. I don't know, Greg, about you, but, uh, and was like, time to change the name of the show. <laughs> so we can get nominated <laughs> next year. <laughs> Speak which is, easy, which is Greg Southern Damon, which is kind of what you know. You know, I'm not dragging him here, but it's kind of what Wondrich did. Remember, he I won, know, right? uh, basically, basically two years in a row because because they, they they switched platforms and changed the name. Um, yeah, you know. Well, I want to say something real quick, guys. Uh, yeah, just it, for I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there, uh, the oh, people yeah. who voted for us. I want to say a big thank you to producer Armin today. And the original crew that brought me on 13 years ago, Patrick Martin, Katie Kiefer, and my brother, Jack Inslee. Um, I never thought that this would happen. I was just 
eating pizza at Roberta's and uh, they asked me to come on the radio and make a cocktail. And I did. And then the next day they were like, you should have your own show. And I was like, how much does it pay? And they said, nothing. And I said, perfect. I'll do it. So here we are. You get paid in crystal plates. <laughs> uh, you, know, like, you know, five more, you know, 10 more, you can have a dinner party. So that's you know, right. nine more. That's right. Go for it. Well, you know, there's, there's uh, like tons and tons of people to thank for this, but also one of them happens to be on the show today. You've already heard her voice. It's kind of impossible for me to even build an introduction for you because I mean, like you're such a, a, a constant in my career uh, that has always been like a powerhouse, someone who's really inspired me. And I mean, let's just get into the show with Elaine Duff. Welcome to the show. Uh, so That's the best introduction I've ever had. Thank yeah, it's, it's like very vague, but um, we're going to get into it. And uh, those who don't know, if there is anyone out there who doesn't know who Aline Duff is, you're about to find out. So I remember meeting you about uh, 15 years ago, I want to say, and it was just like you were doing so much stuff. You were on Bar Rescue. You were doing like Brand Ambassador work. You were doing like, oh, it was just like. Who the fuck can do all this stuff? And then, like, <laughs> that, and that I was, was a mom. And a mom, <laughs> too. Right. Wow. And, like, <laughs> and, and so, like, I was just like, like, honestly, I, when people ask me, like, how do you, like, own a bar and do a radio show and be a brand ambassador at the same time? I'm like, well, because I, I learned from watching Elaine, <laughs> now Elaine Duff. And uh, that is the, that's the guys on the streets there. So, yeah, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really is a pleasure. It's a, I've been a big fan of you guys for a long time. And, uh, oh, you know, anybody hears your voice, Damon, everybody knows you were born to be on radio and, and, and I can never <laughs> compete with, who can compete with Souther? He has like oh, 17,000 jobs. And Greg has five closets. So I too learned it from watching you, Elaine, you're, um, you know, you're, you're out there constantly moving and shaking and getting things done in this field. And, you know, as we're talking about it right now, we just got back from tales of the cocktail and you had 17 is what I'm told by, by, <laughs> by your, by your better half, uh, or maybe your worst half. Philip said you did 17 events over the course of basically five days in tales of the cocktail. And I think that's just madness. Um, what makes it, you want to take such a huge bite out of the apple all the time? You know, Coming from a family of, uh, I'm the youngest of nine kids, uh, that makes you scrappy right from the very yeah. beginning. You have to be. <laughs> to, you you want to get be, fed, I guess so. You want to get fed. So you need to get fed. You need to have three jobs in order to be able to buy clothes because your parents are like, yeah, I'm not buying you anything. You know, you have to figure it out. You want the cool <laughs> stuff. That's all on you. Um, and just a passion for the industry. I fell in love with this industry 20 years ago. And just meeting people like yourselves, like walking into your bars and seeing people who are just had the drive and you're like, wow, these people are doing cool shit. I want to do that stuff too. Um, and I never worked behind a bar and I always did the corporate side of things and learning about events and learning of speaking. And I remember the first time I ever saw somebody give a brand presentation with Steve Olson and he talked to us about Tanqueray 10 and he came with this passion and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. Um, and that kind of just started my career. It started me being obsessed with spirits. And then I learned about cocktails and I'm a kind of person. My parents always tell me if you want to do it, just ask somebody for the job. And that's how I got my first job working as the 
brand ambassador and mixologist for Diageo, I just said, hey, I would like to be your mixologist. And I worked for the company already, but they were like, what the hell is a mixologist? <laughs> it was 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, it's just that drive constantly. It's like constantly scrappy drive of being from a large family, you know, wanting to provide for my own family. So, and just always been taught to do the best you possibly can. So my dad had five jobs when I was growing up. So I think uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. With nine kids, of wow. course he had five jobs. Exactly. <laughs> um, listen, I want you to tell me a little bit more about what you just said and I was going to dig into it, but you, you opened the door about Diageo. You, you were their first ever head mixologist uh, and luxury spirits ambassador, which means I'm assuming you probably created the position. So, I, I did. you know, kind of tell our listeners how one can simply approach a behemoth like Diageo and say, this doesn't exist. I think it should. And I think it should be me. Thank you. Um, so I worked for the agency MKTG at the time. It was U.S. Concepts and MKTG. So I was very familiar with the brands. They were familiar with me because I was running their events. I worked on the marketing side uh, where we created all the uh, strategy, the trade strategy for all the luxury brands like Ciroc and Bullet and, and things of that nature. And, you know, as I said, I, 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 I'm constantly wanting to change. I want to learn new things. I want to grow and I constantly want to keep moving up. And maybe it's because I also just had a kid and I was, I was like, oh my God, I, I need to do something else. And I, you know, I keep, I need to keep growing. Um, and I, as I said, I saw Steve Olson and I was like, that seems really cool. And then the cocktail world started really evolving. And I was like, you know what, why can't I do this career? So for myself, my advice to anybody is, if you really do want something, right? First of all, don't you have to have a reason. You have to have a, not just why you want to do it, but why it's good for them. So I presented to them what was the reason why they needed somebody like me in this position, because they it was so early days, and Diageo didn't spend a lot of time focusing on the on trade back in the day. They were mostly off trade focused and consumer focused, but a little bit of on trade. So I had to present to them what why this was important. And to be honest with you, my first two bosses, I think it took me two years. I think I started like 2004 presenting this idea of this is my what I want to do. And my first boss turned me down. I think my second boss turned me down. And then the third one, it was like a year and a half later, said, yeah, I can totally see you do that. What do you want? What do you need to get to that level? Because I wasn't ready. I didn't know how to make drinks. I didn't know anything about spirits. So the bar five had come out. So I said, I need to take bar five. Uh, and then you have to put the effort into it. So I knew I made a lot of shitty drinks for like two years. Like I was no idea what I was doing, learned a lot about spirits and you have to put the work in so that you're not just pretending you have to fake it till you make it, but then you really have to make it and put all the effort in. So I did everything I could. And I was really lucky. This industry is so incredible that so many people like Jim Meehan and Dale DeGraw all became mentors of mine and taught me. Uh, how to make drinks. So it was, I was really lucky. Uh, it was the timing. I don't think anybody could do that today. Yeah. You said twice, you feel like you're really lucky, but you know, I say all the time, uh, uh, the harder you work, the luckier you get and you're, you're a nonstop hard worker. So the luck comes, right? Yeah. You do have to put things out there in the world. You do have to ask, you do have to make a fool out of yourself. You have to embarrass yourself a few times. Uh, and you, uh, you're talking and you're about bar rescue here. What are you talking about? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but you know, the funny thing is bar rescue helped make my career. So people back in the day, oh, and this is the thing I talk about in my uh, personal, something just fell off my shelf. Uh, 
I did a seminar once called how to build your personal brand. And I did it because I realized that in my early steps of my career, I didn't talk about things that happened to me. I didn't talk about bar rescue. I didn't talk about being on what's what happens live. I didn't even talk about the fact that I got a James Beard nomination, like back in the day, I actually forgot about it. Cause it's so far back in my CVs. I was like, Oh, I shouldn't talk about it. I didn't win. I shouldn't talk about bar rescue because people used to make fun of me. They were like, oh, because it's 2006. Remember how snobby we all were in 2007? Sure. Nobody drank, nobody talked about vodka. And, you know, when was it? 2010 when vodka paid the bills, you know? <laughs> so, because uh, everybody grew up and realized we have to make money. Uh, <laughs> and people used to make, so I never talked about it. And I, I hurt myself by not talking about it. Mm-hmm. But how it helped me internally at the company was the distributor. Now they didn't have to explain me. They just had to say, Elaine's on Bar Rescue. And that was it. Every bartender lined up, not in our industry, in the other industry, which is 95% of the business, lined up to be taught by me. You know, the other people that paid the bills uh, back then, you know, uh, which was incredible. It's a humble brag, but but it's not. I got to say, though, (laughs) just to back you up a little bit, because not just because you're my friend, you are the best part of Bar Rescue. Watching those episodes, no, thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, it was like I—I I remember watching those episodes you were on and being like, "Oh, there's actually someone serious on this show." <laughs> you know, like this person actually knows what they're doing, and they actually have like they—they they actually have a passion and like a style that is really like putting John Taffer to shame, to be honest. Um, and made him look—you actually made him look worse. Then he already looked because you did it so That's well. It's, it's pretty well, easy to do. I would say that I would say that the legitimization went both ways, right? If Bar sure. Rescue sort of legitimized you, you somehow uh, legitimized us, right? Then the 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 general public, the ninety five percent, as you just put it, could see this television show and see that oh, there are people who are very serious about what's going on uh, and concerned about what's sliding across the bar. So I think that that's that it worked. It worked in both ways, Lane. You, you did us a great service, like you and Kate Kerwin specifically being on that show. Um, yeah, it's no, what thank, made me. It's what made me watch. <laughs> I didn't watch for anything else. That's for sure. I watched for the episode about Pirates Tavern in Maryland, but oh, oh, my oh God. that's my favorite. That's my favorite episode ever. And I was so bummed because I had to leave the, uh, like a day early, so like I didn't see how it like wrapped up. Uh, and that's my favorite. Those poor people. They really live like pirates. They were pirates in their daily lives. And then you put them in khakis. That guy really had one eye. That That eye patch was was, not fake. That was not fake. He really had one eye. Like, it was like, they were the saddest humans I ever met in my life. And I was like, oh, I like my heart went out to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that we were doing this to them. So good for them. They ripped everything down the day after we left. Yeah. Yeah, Live live your truth, man. Yeah, live your truth. Go be a pirate. Yeah. Arr. Yeah. That was fantastic. One of my favorites. Absolute favorites. Those poor people had to wear khakis for a day. <laughs> so, Elaine, you've moved through the sort of uh, sphere of brand ambassador uh, um, for a while, and you've somewhat recently uh, created the Beverage Brand Ambassador Academy, which is uh, a, basically an online school that you've built to help people become brand ambassadors. And I think this is a brilliant idea because it's not a, um, a position that there's a lot of learning for. I think what often happens is you're seen as good at your job as a bartender. Um, and then, you know, some brand comes along and says, well, if you're good at that, you'll be good at this. And then they just throw you into it. So talk a little bit about beverage brand ambassador Academy and 
and uh, and and what made you decide to create it and and how it's going? Yeah, no, it's so. Thank you. I, it, it's something I'm probably of all the things I've done in my career, I'm the thing I'm most proud of. I hope it's my legacy because I see the results of the brand ambassadors, especially the ones going through it past in the last year and a half. It's gone through a few renditions, and now it's at the place where it's really it's well done i'm I'm gonna give myself my own high five it's a great program uh and i see my students and i i love i got a couple of students who like saw me at tails and gave me a big hug and said thank you so much for creating this because it is my guide it's like my my beacon of how i do my job because to your point you do get thrown into it and now actually and we'll talk about this later about my advocacy director role i understand why because you don't have a lot of time as an advocacy director or somebody directing a lot of people. You have multiple things, 17 events happening at Tails. You have so many things happening uh, that you have a new person onboarding. It's really hard to spend that time with them to really coach them on how to do the job. Because as you said, Souther, just because you are good at being a bartender does not mean you're going to be a great brand ambassador. It's a completely different skill set. Uh, you're suddenly, your friends are no longer your friends. They're buyers, right? So now you have to have that conversation with your friend who's suddenly like, well, I like you, but I don't really need your product right now. And you're like, what? Like, how do I keep this conversation going? How do I continue being that person and build relationships? And it's not something that comes naturally to everybody. And then you also have to navigate politics of the distributor. You have to navigate politics of the brand teams you're working with. So there's a lot going on and you have to manage your own time. You don't have a schedule anymore. So how do you get up every day and be motivated to do accomplish the goals that you've been given? So there's lots of complexities. One of my proudest things is I give a seminar called So You Want to Be a Brand Ambassador. And if at least five people at the end of it come up to me and say, I realize after this presentation, I don't want to be a brand ambassador anymore. <laughs> They're like, I realize I didn't know what the job entailed. Uh, I feel like I've, success I've been successful. So I created this program to literally just, it's, it's, self, it's a self-regulated program. You get on, you, I'm always there. I coach them through it, but they are working at their own pace. Uh, it teaches them about on-premise, off-premise, how to navigate your time, how to work with distributors, how to do presentations, how to build your personal brand. It really is the full gamut of what it takes to be a brand ambassador. There are tests, there's homeworks. And they get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. Every week, I, I send back feedback on their homeworks. So they're never alone. Anybody can jump on a call with me any anytime. And a lot of people do, which I love. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just, I'm hoping it's going well. It's slow, but it's growing. Like brands are slowly, they're calling me up and saying, I need an onboarding tool for my team because I don't have time to train them. Because they're realizing I'm about to hire somebody for eighty-five dollars to $100,000 plus T&E, plus healthcare, all the things. And I don't have time to train them because I'm a small scrappy brand and I'm running around doing all my things. I need this person to succeed or else it's going to be a lot of time and a lot of money effort. So this has become that tool um, that they're like, hey, go through this and work with Elaine and she's going to help get you to that next level. Uh, and I'm seeing the success from so many of my brand ambassadors and just the hugs and the high fives. It's really, really rewarding for me. And even brand owners, I have a few brand owners who are new to the business. They're taking the course. So they're like, I have no idea how to sell into the on-trade or the off-premise. So they take my course and they're like, I refer to it daily because I'm learning new skills. So it's You great. actually just pointed on something that I feel like most people who want to get into the brand ambassador role, they totally disregard the fact that 
it is sales. They just completely forget that like they just think they're going to be partying and buying drinks for people at bars, but it's sales. At the end of the day, we're all in sales and everyone should mm-hmm. realize that because that's that's going to be the hardest realization for any any brand ambassador, you know, when you realize you have KPIs, you have this many accounts to hit, you've got the GSMs, uh, general sales meetings for this or in the business, like, but there's also like really, there's really high touch, simple ways of really like locking in a relationship that don't, you don't have to go in and do a huge swipe, you know? And like, like, for instance, like when I worked with Brooklyn Jen as their global brand ambassador, just going to like, Going to the like the village and taking like four coffees to the up and up at like mm-hmm. 10 p.m., you know, at, or like pizza at night, like it costs very little, but it's more about the gesture. And that's kind of that, it's those things like, like Danny Neff, like my bar tools got stolen from an event one night and I recovered all of them except for my knife. And I had a really nice knife. And mm-hmm. just for the bartenders out there. If you don't have a nice knife, if you don't consider it being a part of your <laughs> toolkit, like it's probably one of the most important tools because like that's going to cut you if you if you yeah, have yeah. a shitty knife. But yeah. anyway, so he actually <laughs> he asked me about my my bar tools because I posted about it on, on Instagram, and uh, you know I someone had found them like in the tool roll, uh, like a Mehan tool roll, you know, down the road. And they, they probably thought it was a purse and grabbed it. And then they opened it up. And they're like, what is all this stupid shit? And like <laughs> tossed right. it. But they took, they kept the knife because everybody needs a knife, right? Um, but anyway, Danny was asking me, he's like, oh, man, that's a real bummer. That's like, uh, you know, knives are really important. Uh, I said, what kind of knife was it anyway? I mean, just out of curiosity, just because like, I, I, I'm like really into knives myself. And I was like, told him, I was like, yeah, I was like this Japanese steel, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, man. You know, it's, it'll, it'll come back to you. It'll come back to you, man. And then like the next day he shows up in my bar and I'm like, Hey man, good to see you. Thanks for like your concern and reaching out and everything. What can I get you to drink? He's like, Oh, nothing, man. I'm just come. I'm just here to say hi. I was busy. It was happy hour. He's like, I just grab a water for now. I was like, yeah, man, of course. Like boom. And uh, then when I got the chance to talk with him, he was like, Hey man, uh, I brought you something and put a bag from Corinne. Uh, the Japanese wow. knife place. He bought me a freaking knife. And like that went so much further than him throwing an activation party, you know, at the bar. Like that guy, I mean, I loved him already, but you know, and I feel like you're the kind of person who in this business, we learn from each other. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the only way we can, because we haven't had a program like this. So for you to be doing this, it's like, it's brilliant. And I know that whoever, it's going through your course. Whoever's curious about it and listening to the show, this is the person to learn from. So if you're thinking yeah. about it, definitely go into it. And I, you'll learn all the cool stuff from the lane because <laughs> I certainly have just watching you over the years. I appreciate that. And just to those of you listening, it's not just me talking. I use, as you guys know, I have a podcast called Celebrate the Brand Ambassador. Uh, and well, it's a live show that I do. They turned into a podcast and there are quotes from there. There are clips from my shows of brand ambassadors because I've interviewed over, I think it's over 175 brand ambassadors at this wow. time. So it's not just my perspective. It is all their perspectives. And they they say a lot of the same thing you just said, Dean. It's like, it's about building those relationships. It's not just about yeah. the money spend. That's, that's, we, that's what makes brand ambassadors different than salespeople. Right. Because exactly. salespeople have 
hundreds of accounts. Brand ambassadors have a smaller target and their job is to speak bartending, to get to know you, understand your needs, and really just kind of like build it and say, hey, what can I do for you? Right. And it's not always about spending. Sometimes I remember just taking people like, can you just help our team? We need a team bonding moment. Can we do something? And we went, I was like, let's go to the High Line. You ever been there? So we went for lunch. We walked the High Line. I got them a tour. It was amazing. They were like, this nice. is great. This is exactly what we needed. So it's little things like that is what makes great brand ambassadors great. You can teach. I can't teach personality. Right. Right. I, that's, that just comes, that comes with the job. But I can teach you everything else. Like yeah. the little things of how to use that personality to build those relationships. So mm -hmm. it's really important. So yeah, I hope more people and, and people every month, I'm so excited. Every month people sign on and I get new accounts building in. So yeah, it's my favorite part of my career is, is this program right here. Awesome. I mean, Very it's cool. gotta be fulfilling. You know, I, I was a teacher for two years up at the new England color Institute. And I think that, uh, you know, teaching of course is a lot of things. It's teaching is learning, frankly. Um, but I also feel like it, it was frank. It was the most fulfilling job I've ever had for sure. Um, uh, it's about that time we should take a break and hear from our sponsors, you know, got to, got to sell some stuff here too, as well. Uh, so we're going to take a break from our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll be right back uh, to talk more with uh, uh, Elaine Duff about her, uh, her new role at Samson and Surrey. We're excited to hear about that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of heritage radio network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009 and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And we are back. You're listening to this Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. And today we're talking with just bar bar all-star and my former regular, Elaine Duff. Um, great to have you here. We were talking a little bit about uh, your brand ambassador education program that you were starting up, which sounds awesome. I really love how this industry, which can be kind of resistive to formalized education, is it, it was really nice to hear how they're really taking to this program that you've developed and how much thought and care you put into this as opposed to just kind of, you know, putting another, you know, virtual bartending school out there or a virtual <laughs> bar, whatever school out there. Uh, but you are, you know, it's not just theory. It's also practice. You were the uh, director of advocacy for Samson and Surrey. So talk to us a little bit about that. No, absolutely. And, and Greg, we miss having you around the corner. To go I know I miss having you all around <laughs> the corner too. That was really, really nice. We really do miss you. You know, it was uh, so it was so funny. I didn't realize you were that Phil in Elaine for like the first half dozen <laughs> times I met you. <laughs> it took like me to like it took Listen. me a couple of weeks to put it together, and I was just like, gonna, I think it was I'm when gonna... I think it was when I was having a conversation with Phil about uh, Geneva, and then it just it suddenly clicked 
as I was standing there in front of you and I had to work really hard to make sure my face didn't do a thing. So I wasn't just like, oh, it's you. I was just kind of like trying to just play it super cool. I don't know how well I pulled it off though. You, you, you did you did well. And we do try to keep very, like we don't tell, talk to people about anything when we're in our local bars because we're like, we just want to go there and have a drink. That was Philip's like rule. And I was like, it's a good rule. And have yeah, those wanna, conversations. You spoil your local, yeah. yeah. Exactly, don't spoil your local. But you two were, were excellent guests. I appreciate that. We we try, we try. Um, but so yeah, so thanks. The new role is really interesting. So it was funny. I got this, you know, being asked to be the director of advocacy for Samson and Surrey was like, whoa, because I've had a few people over the last five years have been working for myself, come to me and offered me different positions, different brands. And I really, I was all about my brand ambassador Academy. And I was like, if I'm going to do anything, I really want to do something that's wrapped around being, you know, working with brand ambassadors, educating brand ambassadors. And uh, Kyle McHugh, who's a legend and a, and a dear friend came to me, he said, Hey, I'm resigning from my job. And uh, I, I think you'd be a great fit. Uh, would you be interested? And it was inc- like, we talked and it took like four or five months before anything came about before the brand. But I'm really excited because, and people, I mean, the first question they asked me is like, why here? Why this job? And you know, A, it's, I get to work with an incredible team. Uh, Samson Surrey is a cool, small company, right? It has like two founders who collaborated um, to put together an incredible portfolio. I mean, we have Tequila Ocho, we have Mezcal Vago, we have Blue Coat Gin, we have Widow Jane from Brooklyn, Few Spirits, and Brent. I mean, it, these all these brands have a face and a place. And I was like, first of all, I'm in love with the portfolio. I love the people who work for the portfolio. Um, and... I get to take my brand ambassador Academy and now I actually have my own team going through it. So as a director of advocacy, you manage a team of brand ambassadors. Uh, We're slowly bringing on, we have about five. Now we have four more positions that we're filling uh, across the country. So if anybody is looking for, I don't know when this is coming out a New York brand ambassador, role, I'm looking for a brand ambassador here in New York city. Oh yeah. Uh, And um, that being said, so it is just, it's an incredible position because a, you know, the company itself gives you a lot of autonomy. Our owners pretty much say we want entrepreneurs and we want people who do the role and can kind of just take it and run with it. So I feel like I've been in training for five years of everything I've been doing. It's like, Oh, now I get to apply everything that I've been doing in all the interviews I've had, the Academy I created. And now I get to apply that to my own team and create some incredible things. Um, one of the things we're working on right now, we're creating a program called the Paseo del Agave, which is literally creating a program with my national uh, agave specialist of how do we teach and bring uh, mezcal to life for our distributors. So getting them to understand it, because we all know mezcal is complicated, you know, with the palenques and the different, you know, mezcaleros and how to have those conversations and what they are and the different types of agave. So that's kind of cool. We get to do cool things like that, like creating something so distributors can walk away, really understanding it, and then also taking that same program and rolling out to the trade. So that's one of the cool things that we're really excited about bringing to the table. Um, but in general, I, it's the first time, as you guys know, I was a brand ambassador for Diageo for many years. And we, I worked with some incredible people, but this is the first place I've worked and it, we're a team. Like all my brand ambassadors work together, even though they're all in different states, 
Um, they might be working on different programs. We all work together as a team. And that's what we pride ourselves on. Everybody kind of is very hands-on. The marketing team comes to tails. Uh, the owner comes to tails. Um, they really like to be involved. They love to do collaborative projects with the trade itself. So yeah, it's really cool. I'm so excited to be in this position. Do you mean that the you everyone works together as a team as like, as in like, for instance, like when you have a portfolio, say like it, you're going cross uh, spirit category, say like if someone who works for Vago uh, needs some advice, they can reach out to someone from few spirits and they, they collaborate. Yes. Like on, that's great. Oh yeah. That's the, really cool. the founders know, the founders know each other. They do talk to each other. But also my brand ambassador is they, I have five, uh, soon to be seven, uh, eight, actually, sorry, seven portfolio brand ambassadors. So they all work on the full portfolio, but they also work together. So like they share ideas with each other. They help each other out. It's like, Hey guys, I can't handle this event. Can somebody, Elaine, can somebody fly in to do this event? Because I have to be somewhere. Not a problem. Like everybody's all up for like picking up boxes, putting things together, every one of them works like an entrepreneur like okay guys this is the event who can take who could take point on this not a problem who's going to work together and they all kind of jump together to work as one um yeah. it's really a, an incredible team that way i never worked like that before at diageo i kind of worked on my own even though i had a huge team but i was kind of the only portfolio person that would might have been my problem might have been me it was probably you Elaine. i would credit that it was to probably me I would, I would credit that to leadership though i think that you know when you have a leader like yourself who's empowering and empowered then the team wants to emulate and become you know like you right i appreciate that actually i will say i'll give credit to kyle kyle kind of started this kind of way of working and i've kind of following his lead um, but yeah, it is a definitely part of my leadership style. That's why Kyle and I kind of really got along and Kyle won because he knew I would kind of carry on that program, which as we know, as a brand ambassador, you have tons of autonomy, but that can also be really lonely, right? You're out on the road a lot by oh, yourself. Yeah. You're out at bars a lot by yourself. So to know that you have other people looking after you, but also people acknowledging everything that you're doing is really important. So I know that from my own experience, it's like, I need somebody to give me that high five. I need other people to know what I'm working on because yeah. it can be really frustrating. Like, does anybody care that I'm doing all this stuff? You know, like I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars. Is anybody even noticing that I've done this? And it's hard to like manage your, your own, like, it's hard to understand like the, the metrics of what you're doing and how effective it is when you're out there on your own, you know? Cause like, like you're tracking and reporting. You're like, well, I did this and this, but do, do they understand? Like, does anyone understand what I'm doing? Or do I even understand what I'm doing? Like, right. I, actually Elaine, I ran into Dave, uh, Dave Osborne on Friday uh, in Napa. And that was really cool. Cause I hadn't seen him in a while. And you know, he, he's been with, uh, well, I guess. Samson, sorry for a while. It's does he have a while, help? Right? Yeah, yeah, Samson, yeah. I mean, yeah. but like, I, but I hadn't seen him in a while, but it was cool catching up with him. He was actually tasting some people, uh, the bar called Palisades in Napa on, on Vago and Ocho. And I just heard someone talking about those two brands. And I know Michael, the owner, and I like turn around. I'm like, Michael, you don't have those brands? Like, what? Like, <laughs> you, sh you should try the Vago Elote. It's like freaking rad. And then Dave, like, he was like kind of in front of the, the front door. And he was like a little bit backlit. So I could tell who it was the person. He was like, Damon? I was like. 
Dave? He's <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, what are you working with us now? And I was like, well, I mean, maybe, <laughs> but it was, yeah, he's a, he's a great, great kid for the team, but you know, it, in, but I mean, even that is a great example of what a great brand ambassador is, right? If you're an ambassador, I, I put it back on, on what we do behind the bar. Like it's just sort of the next and more expansive level. If I can proselytize my bar to my congregation, and then one of my congregation goes out and evangelizes my bar, right? Then they're working for me suddenly, right? So mm-hmm. if he can be yeah. such a great amb- ambassador that when someone else from the field is is nearby, they are in, uh, excited to to help push it forward. Um, I think that's 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 the genius of it, right? It, it really is a genius of it. I just and it is really the way it's supposed to work is getting people so in love with your brand, and that's what a brand ambassador's job is. Like people always ask me, Lane, what is the role of a brand ambassador? And as we all know, brand ambassadors have multiple different jobs, and every every job, every brand, every every you know every company has their own policy and the ways of working, and they all have different roles. But for me, it's their number one job is advocacy. If you can develop love and passion for the brands that you work on you're doing your job. And, and that's what we drive here. We're very much about advocacy and building. It's not about hitting your KPIs. Actually, they don't even have KPIs. We have goals, like things that you need to strive towards, but it's about them building passion. And um, my job for them is like, how are we going to do that, guys? What What do you want to do? What are your skill sets that you can bring to the table that you can then activate on with the trade that's going to build advocacy? So finding everybody's passion um, that's my next goal for them. It's like finding their passion and like what kind of program now that I've been there three months, I can actually start doing some stuff uh, <laughs> that I really, you know, can start activating on. But they all know that I'm like, think about what your passion is and what are your skill sets and let's build on that, you know, and then let's develop a program around that so that you feel ownership of it and then you can bring it to the trade. Um, but going back before about feeling lonely, the one thing is really cool that this company does is we have our own internal Facebook. It's called workplace. So you can post all your events on there. So every time you're doing something cool, so everybody sees it. So it's very cool. Instead of doing some stupid report that somebody ends up in somebody's inbox that maybe one person sees if somebody looks at it, <laughs> right? You know, we all know, uh, busy, the busy work. <laughs> yeah. All the busy work. We pride ourselves on the fact that we share whether it's menu placements or activations, it all goes on this internal Facebook. Um, it's very, very cool. It's a fan. So nobody feels alone. Everybody feels like they are part of something bigger because they can see what everybody's doing from around the, around the country. That's cool. And even just like on a, like, like a, an event level, that's great. But even just like on an account visit level, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I used to, Man, I, I used to think that'd be so cool. Like, well, Brooklyn Gin, we were only one brand. We were only one SKU, you know? And so, uh, but what I would do is I would, you know, if like uh, Victoria Canty from Lo-Fi, if she was wanting to visit accounts, I'd be like, hey, we could make a Negroni together. And so, like, right. but with, with the portfolio, it's a great opportunity for the team internally to be like, you know what, I'm going to go, is, any gonna be in, is anyone going to be in San Jose uh, on Thursday? It's like, let's just go hit some accounts together, you know? So I think right. that's cool too. And it builds a lot of camaraderie within the, the team across the portfolios. That's no, it really, really does. Cool. And it allows you, it, the one thing I always tell every brand ambassador before I even managed a team was you need in any company, no matter what your job is, you need to let people know what you're doing. You need to reach out to people. Um, I forget uh, which brand about Lacey. I think it was Lacey Hawkins 
Lady who said Hulk. she's a yeah she used to send out an internal email like uh, like almost like a newsletter to all the senior executives everybody just saying this is all the cool shit that the company has achieved this month. Now, obviously it was all the shit she did because people feel uncomfortable <laughs> about talking about yourself. Like, it's not like, hey, I did this really cool thing. I always say, just say, hey, the brand had a really good day today. This is what we, like, this was what it was achieved, but it's not a humble break. The senior executives really love it because they like knowing like what they paid for and that you're out there doing stuff. They're not out in the bars and restaurants, so they don't see most of the stuff happening. Right. But it's for your own brand building because you need to build your brand within the company. If you want to move roles, you need to let people know you exist and any of the cool stuff you're doing. It's your number one priority is to let people know, hey, this is what I'm capable of. This is the cool shit I'm doing. And then put it out there yeah. because without that, nobody will know. And then you get frustrated. Why doesn't anybody like paying attention to me? Why don't why didn't I get that job? Why would you, you get the job? Nobody knows right, basically. Yeah. yeah, you have to be your own brand ambassador being a brand ambassador. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think that's so hard for people? Like I, I was actually having dinner with a few other people I met. Um, some of my some of my really close friends, some of them have been on the show uh, that I met in the green room for a uh, food network show that wound up getting canceled after like two episodes. And none of us made it on air. <laughs> but they're all kind of in like, you know, the, the food and beverage influencer space. And we were talking about how difficult it is to to hype yourself up like that, how it actually like you, it's something, it's a constant reframing of your state of mind as you're going about your job and your personal life and your kind of, you know, visible persona on Instagram or whatever. So why do you think that that's tough for people to really, to broadcast their accomplishments? And what are some of your fixes for it that you would advocate for people? Yeah. I mean, two things. One, it takes time right? You have to spend the time to actually write the thing or put it out there. And a lot of us, like we just, some people just really did just keep working. Like I know it's fine. Sometimes hard for me to put a post out there on social media because I'm just constantly, you know, on the go. And it's like, oh, that's going to take me like, you know, 30 minutes. But two, it is, I think most people are humble. It's like, well, I don't want to talk about, you know, that thing because it wasn't all me. Like, you know, there were other people involved. That's great. I'm like, so my fix to that is like, share it with everybody, like celebrate the other people. So everybody knows it's coming from you, but put it out there in the world, celebrate. Like, as I said, the team had a big win. The brand had a big win. This was the cool activation I did, you know, that not I did, but we did as a, as a team, because it is true. You usually don't doing a lot of things by yourself. Um, or you could just say, you know, I, I think it's just, most people are humble and it's just, they feel like people and they're afraid because if you put yourself out there, there's also likely people are going to criticize you. Right. Right. People are going to, I was always my fear. I, I, I am not that person. I'm always afraid of people going to criticize me or say something about like, who does she think she is fuck doing em. that? Like, and putting herself out. That's the way I used to be. As I got older now, I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, cursing, yeah. But I'm like, yeah. I'm, like up, I'm too old to care. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm too thing, old to care. It's a lot of brand ambassadors come like, like Seller was saying, and, and you were saying before uh, in the first half of the show, a lot of brand ambassadors come up through hospitality, and it's really terrible to be like a bartender or a server, you know, that's like talking about yourself all the time. You know, you're there for mm -hmm. other people. So I think you kind of have to fully reset if you're coming from the hospitality side to an advocacy side. You have to, you just have to switch gears 
I mean, like, not everyone likes talking about themselves. Not everyone is Southern Teague. So, I mean, <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> sorry, buddy. I, it. I don't say He's I like talking about myself. I just say I, I, really, I really enjoy the sound of my own voice. That's what I say. <laughs> hey, I'm Ari to Philip Duff. And I will put it out there because I know he'll come in here. He's probably listening to me talking. And, and I'll, he'll, he'll criticize me and say, yeah, I can pretend I'm a badass. And I do. I put myself out there. But at the same time, you hear me talk big, but I'm always afraid. I'm always fearful that people are going to say something critical or harsh about it. I try not to care as much now that I'm older, but oh, yeah, it's my biggest fear. So I, yeah. I talk big a lot, but inside them, I always get a little, I'm always a little worried. So, yeah, what, do you, so what do you do about it? How do you get past that then? I think, I, as I said, like I try, A, I've learned don't criticize other people because if you criticize other people, right. people will criticize you. Um, I try never do that anyway. Try not to be judgmental. Um, and then if you're not judgmental about other people, you tend not to worry if other people are judging you. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I've right. learned in life. If you're not judging other people, then you, you don't even think about it that people might be judging you. So I try to live by that. Um, it's not easy but I try, yeah. like I will not judge. And then everyone's wired differently, you know, and that's, it, you know, it's, we all handle things in different ways, but I, I think that's some really sound advice, you know, just, yeah. just kind of don't, just don't think about it basically. Yeah. You know, yeah, you have to not work. Don't think I think that's Woody, Harrels Woody <laughs> yeah. Harrelson's advice to, yeah. uh, to Matthew McConaughey. It was a great little skit they did. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, I have all these problems and whatever. And he's like, you have any wise advice? He's like, yeah, I just forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just let it go. You know, it's the, I think it's the run your own race, right? You're, you're your only competitor that matters. Uh, and if you yeah. run your own race, then you'll always be the winner. Um, Listen, as we're getting to the close of the show here, I want to talk about some of the sort of um, uh, the new products that you guys are working on. And you gave us a few to, to touch on. Um, the one that grabbed my eye the most uh, is the Few Whiskey uh, All Secrets Known, a collaboration with Alice in Chains. Talk about that. Yeah, so this is really cool. And if you ever get a chance to, to meet Paul, the founder of Few. Yeah, he's he been is, on the show. He's an uh, awesome he? guy. He sent me a text with a... Uh, the custom guitar that was made. He's a big music guy. So this, when I saw this, it's like, it made perfect sense to me, but go ahead and tell us about it. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah. As you know, he's super cool. He's so smart, very yeah. innovative. He's a huge music guy, right? So very, very passionate about music. So um, he told me today, cause I didn't know a, a ton about it. So he said it all came, you know, the fact that he was first working with the guys from uh, Flaming Lips. That was his first collaboration. Mm. Uh, and they kind of led him to the collaboration with Alice in Chains. And it really is, you know, it's a, it's a few driven product. They, they didn't really have a lot of say, but they wanted to be part of it, right? And they, they know that Paul is really uh, passionate about music. So it is basically a uh, 101 proof uh, bourbon that is then uh, finished off uh, in a tequila barrel. Oh, so cool. that, that was the collaboration. This will be thir the third collaboration. So they released one a few years ago. And then last year they released one. So this will be the third one coming out. It's only available online. So it's a very small release. So when it comes out, you find it. And, and uh, I haven't even a chance to taste it. But from I've heard from other people, they're really fantastic. And it's, it's whiskey and, and tequila. I mean, yeah. for me, that's, that's a no-brainer. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. so Paul is always coming out with new things. That's the one thing I love about working with Few. He's constantly thinking of new innovations of new products that he's going to put out there in the world. He he, he gets bored, as he says. He has ADHD, <laughs> and he's like, if he's not thinking of something new, he'll get really, really bored. So it's exciting to watch what he's going to come out with next. Uh, yeah, he's always coming up yeah. with something cool. 
yeah, one of them I was trying to remember. One of them was Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, I think, right? Was was that was yeah. yes. did that as well? It, right? it was a Black Rebel the the Motor Club. The Motor yeah, Club. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yes, that that was that was yeah. in, that was Black great. Rebel Motorcycle Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, and he does things like okay, the Immortal Rye. He brings the water down with instead of water, he proofs it down with oolong tea. Yeah. Who thinks about these things? And it's so delicious. Cool. And then like he has one called Cold Cut, which he brings down with cold brew. It's like a bourbon cut brought down with cold brew. It's like innovative stuff that he just keeps, uh, you know, pushing the envelope. Yeah. I, so he doesn't I, go get bored. I love that kind of stuff. And it keeps <laughs> your consumer happy as well, right? They're, they're, they're of course, happy with the baseline product, um, but then they get to have these little, you know, uh, skips off the path and, and try something new and see what the talents of the – uh, you know, again, we break it all the way back to just being behind the bar. Of course, I've got the menu, but you know, from time to time, I'm changing the menu, and I'm from time to time, I'm just making something for you while you sit in front of me. And that, of course, shows you that I have this skill set that I can make this regular thing all the time, but I can also jump off and make these fun things. Um, there was another one on on your list that caught my eye: the Widow Jane, the Vaults series. Um, talk a little bit about that because I'm a big fan of the Widow Jane as well. Yeah, I mean, every every year they release a new edition of, you know, it could be 14, last year it was 14. So it's constantly a new uh, renovation. It could be, I don't know what the new one, if uh, what year it's going to be, but I know we've done a 13, a 14. This could be the 15 uh, that's coming out. Uh, but yeah, so it is a very limited edition. If you do see it, they're just delicious bourbons. I mean, everything she does, the Master Distiller, Sienna now, um is you know it's a five barrel collaboration so she picks five barrels uh and blends them together uh within our blending facility and warehouses out here and uh red hook brooklyn so if you guys ever want to go for a visit definitely you should do it. you just get right on the ferry and go right over to red hook um, it's really really cool and they have a great bar there as well sunny's <laughs> no, no, yeah, Sunny's is right down the Just street. Just around the corner, yeah. Right uh, around the corner, right down the street. Yeah, well, but Greg, they have a bar you, at the distillery as well. Greg, you and I should head on down and maybe get Elaine to take us out there. Yeah, oh, that let's would be, do it. That would be a fun, that would be a fun uh, afternoon. Uh, it's a great ride on the ferry. Oh, I know. Public transportation with a bar. I don't know why this hasn't caught on more. It's right. <laughs> you put you put a bar on every single subway car, no one's ever going to complain about a long commute again. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying here. Eric yeah. Adams. <laughs> calling him out well elaine this has been a great chat um before we wrap it up though i'd like to ask um because you mentioned it and so let's get it out there for you where can our listener um maybe apply for this uh um, new york uh, position that you that you just uh, said is available oh yeah absolutely so if you go online uh to linkedin if you just uh, uh look up heaven hill the uh, jobs are posted on the uh, heaven hill uh site at least I believe I should know this, but I don't, to be honest with you. But if, literally, <laughs> if you put uh, brand, brand ambassador, Heaven Hill, uh, sorry, uh, for New York City, Heaven Hill, Samson and Surrey, uh, it will pop up uh, in your Google search. But I'm, I, I should know this, but if you go, I'm right. sorry for your listeners, go on LinkedIn, look at the Heaven Hill link because uh, they are back of house and they're helping us do our recruiting. Uh, you will find the, there's four jobs actually, put one for New York, one for Chicago, one for Southern California, uh, and we have a whiskey brand ambassador, National Whiskey Roll, that's open at the moment. But, Incredible. Wow. Yeah, uh, and then if people just want to maybe get in touch with you, uh, you got an Instagram you want to pimp out or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm uh, at Duff on the Rocks. Uh, and if you want to look at the Brand Ambassador Academy, it's called the Beverage BA Academy. Beverage awesome. BA, sorry, beverageba.com. Very awesome. cool. 
which I think is an incredible resource. And, and, uh, you know, I wish you continued success with that one. And, you know, Thank you. selfishly, I wish you success in that because I would love it, uh, if brand ambassadors had more, um, of a sort of baseline skill set that was delivered to them so that, you know, you know, I love them all when they come in to see me, but you know, it's a bumpy ride sometimes. I would love it to be a little bit smoother. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, you, if you can, if you You've can get them educated, if you can get them educated, then then it'll be better for them and better for us too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Outstanding. Cool. Well, this has been. I feel really energized after this show. Yeah. Um, it's always <laughs> awesome, like hanging out with you. Like I know that. Uh, you and Philip, uh, we've gone out for drinks the last couple of times you've been out here in San Francisco. I need to do the same with you out in New York. Let's all go to Widow Jane and and Sonny's uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and have dinner at Frankie's or something. And go to, obviously go to Korean Army while we're there. But um, it's been it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Your wealth of knowledge and congratulations on the new role. The the BA Academy sounds awesome. I kind of want to go on it as well just to like me too we can always sharpen our skills you know and exactly um, you guys let me know any anytime any yeah. anytime I'll, uh, uh, honestly know, no, I'll one, send over to you. knowing how the other half lives you know knowing how the other half operates it would be it'd probably be behooven for for bartenders you know you should consider having a a bartender bar owner angle to the class as well because uh i'd like to look under that hood and understand understand it's hard i think i don't mean to get into a whole new topic as we're wrapping up the show but it's it's hard for me sometimes <laughs> when i look at a brand ambassador and i have things that maybe i want but i don't know what necessarily all the time i can ask for so if i maybe had yeah. a little bit more information and we knew yeah. we knew both directions of the traffic here then we could we could communicate a little bit better so yeah exactly you've asked me that before and the problem is on my podcast nobody can ever tell you because that's all probably stuff they shouldn't be doing <laughs> the back, yeah, the the back alley dealings with the brand ambassadors. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So nobody will ever answer that question. It's always call me. So. Don't don't text or email me. Call me. There should be no it, evidence of this. It, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, Thank man. you guys so much. This was great, and congratulations yeah. on your Thank win. You. Such a Thank well you. deserved win. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Long time coming, and uh, congratulations to you guys, uh, to our team as well. I want to echo that from you, uh, Elaine. Uh, it's just been a real honor to be a part of this, um, you know, this industry, and to build up the show to eventually bring Souther on, and then eventually bring Greg on, and have this whole team. You know, it's uh, it reminded me a lot of when you were saying about being a brand ambassador and out there kind of doing it on your own. It's like. I felt that way for the first like seven years of this show. I, I, I didn't know what the fuck <laughs> I was doing. Uh, I still don't really, but, uh, but you know, it makes it a lot easier uh, and, and more fulfilling knowing that people have recognized it and given us this, uh, this award. So thank you to the Tales of the Cocktail Foundation for uh, recognizing this and everyone who voted this in. So on that note, I will say that's it for the speakeasy, the award-winning speakeasy this week. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Heritage Radio for more programs like this one, although maybe not as many awards. Uh, <laughs> try to motivate the other shows. Um, and thank you again to Heritage Radio Network for all the uh, the great times that we've had and all the guests that we've had on the show that made it what it is today and especially you elaine love you tell philip i yeah. said hi and we love him I too love and uh, <laughs> i can't wait to have you drink with you so until next week everyone cheers cheers everybody cheers, cheers everyone the speakeasy is powered by simplecast thanks for listening to heritage radio network food and drink radio supported by you 
Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. 